0: indeed one of these nights kcou 88.1 fm kcu.fm and the hyperlink the tune in radio app and anytime anywhere streaming wherever you enjoy your podcasts talking a little sports history here on a sunday night per usual my name is garrett jones get ready to relax you get you set with a little bit of sports history as you start another busy week columbia missouri and streaming nationwide Got a lot to get to this weekend, the first show of November. This will be one of the only shows in November. Very busy month for many people, but myself, certainly not an exception of that. Next weekend, I'll be coming back from Athens, Georgia for the broadcast of Missouri and Georgia football. Really excited to get to that game, but it is a 12-hour car ride, so I will uh, not be having a show next Sunday evening. There will be one the following after that, and then right after that, there is Thanksgiving break here at the University of Missouri. So only two more shows in the month of November. Hard to believe, but the holidays are right here. KcuU 88.1 FM. Join us on Saturday as part of KCU Sports Saturday. We will have the broadcast. Myself and my broadcast partner, James Stanley, will be there in Athens for the call of that one. Excited to get to bring you that game. Got a lot of college football to get to on today's show. We're going to start out with a Mizzou Sports snippet right on the opposite of the preview. Then I'm going to get to, in the bottom 10, my personal 10 worst teams in college football in 2019. Then we'll wrap up the show with a look at a college football snippet. Taking a glance at the history of Week 11's biggest games. Rivalry series abound, big games abound. We'll take a comprehensive look at every single one of those matchups. But first, as promised, every single time, this is a show on the student radio station of the University of Missouri. So always want to make sure that they get some Mizzou sports action in there. Your Mizzou Sports snippet for the night. It is a chapter in Mizzou basketball history that not a lot of Tiger fans know about. Missouri actually gets its season tipped on Wednesday night. You can hear it on KCOU they take on the incarnate ward red hawks i do believe I think that's their mascot not quite sure i got to look that up right now though school based out of san antonio texas then on friday night they're taking on the northern kentucky norse one of the best mascot in division 1 basketball the incarnate ward basketball team's mascot is the cardinals i was pretty close Red Hawks, Cardinals, Red Birds. They all become entertain changeable to point. Anyway, Tigerman's basketball tips on Wednesday night on KCOU. They had an exhibition game on Friday night at Missouri Arena and they handled the central Missouri Mules. Fun fact, in case you didn't know, the state animal of Missouri is the mule. And the Tigers won eighty to fifty six. They got to play every eligible player. Really good stuff from freshman Kobe Brown. Should be interesting to see the way that head coach Conzo Martin stacks his team. But speaking of coach, there is an active Division I coach whose son plays at Missouri. He himself played at Missouri, but he holds a very interesting distinction in Missouri basketball lore. I'm talking of Travis the Trader. Only a few Missouri fans might be aware of this chapter of Mizzou basketball lore. Travis Ford, the eccentric coach now with the St. Louis University Billikens basketball team. He once played for the Missouri Tigers. Not a lot of people know that. There have been clamors, especially of late, with basketball season tipping off for Missouri and St. Louis to renew a rivalry series. They played a couple times in the hard ward. Missouri and Kansas, in case you missed it, renewed their rivalry series in men's basketball. So several people want to see Mizzou and SLU get back at it. I think if it happens again, it'll be with Conzo Martin and Travis Ford at the helm. Benjamin Fredrickson of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch posted a column a couple of days ago agreeing with that sentiment. But Travis Ford, a native Kentuckian, was a Parade High School All-American in 1988. Eventually came to Missouri and played under Norm Stewart in 1989 where he was an all member of the all uh, Big 8 freshman team playing for Stewart's Tigers, team that would capture multiple Big 8 titles during this era. However, his stint with the Tigers, averaging 6.4 points a game, did not last very long. He decided to transfer after their NCAA brought sanctions against Norm Stewart's teams. A recruit, PJ Mades, practiced with the teams while ineligible. And also, Stewart's coaching staff offered free meals during summer orientation, unauthorized gifts, And that set the Tiger program back just a little bit. Well, as I mentioned, Ford made the All-Big Eight freshman team, decided to transfer after just a single season playing under him. Eventually, he went to Kentucky and after sitting out a season, starred as a junior and a senior for the Wildcats, playing for his home state. He made the All-SEC first team his junior and senior season, and then helped guide the Wildcats to a 1993 Final Four appearance, leaving Missouri in the dust. A lot of Tiger fans were really upset that he bailed on the program, but quite frankly, Missouri released him from the scholarship, so that gave him the freedom to go wherever he wanted. But still an interesting chapter in the Missouri basketball history. Eventually, Ford almost immediately joined the coaching ranks after a failed NBA career. Coached at UMass, he was eventually hired at Oklahoma State in 2008, where, just like his football counterpart, Mike Gundy, always had his teams in a position to succeed and thrive as an underdog. Many times, his Oklahoma State's teams would be up and down in the Big 12, routinely knocking off Kansas, especially when they came to Stillwater. Eventually, he recruited Marcus Smart. You might recognize that name. Smart plays for the Boston Celtics. Had a lot of success with him, worked his way into a big contract eventually. But he got a start at Flower Mound High School in Texas where Ford was able to recruit him and eventually get him to come play at Oklahoma State in a non-traditional basketball school. They never made it past the round of 32 in his time there, though, and eventually in 2015 he was let go. Landed on his feet back in a familiar state. Here in the Show Me State with the SLU, uh, Slu Billikens men's basketball team in 2016. Once again, in his fourth season with Slu, guided his team to the tournament this past March for the first time. He'll now be entering his fourth season as the head man over in the big city east on I-70. Still looking to get past the round of 32 for the first time. Now, is this is another interesting little chapter in this story. So we mentioned, in case you're just now joining us, Travis Ford, Travis the trader. He joined Missouri in 1989 where he played for Norm Stewart for one season, decided to transfer after NCAA sanctions came down heavy on Missouri. At least they certainly looked like they were at that point. Eventually wound up at Kentucky where he played for Two seasons and guided the Wildcats to a Final Four. Failed the NBA career right into the coaching ranks. Eventually winds up at SLU where he's about to enter his fourth season. And now his son Brooks enters the the chapter of this story because Brooks, who dominated a bench role at DeSmet High School, a dominant athletic program in the St. Louis area, averaged 8.9 points per game off the bench his senior year. He walked on for Missouri last year. In fact, he made his debut last December against Oral Roberts. Saw a little SEC action against Mississippi State last February. So Brooks Ford also finds himself in the middle and maybe just perhaps patching up the whatever damage needs to be patched up between Travis Ford and family and the Missouri fan base. Interesting chapter that not a lot of Tiger fans know about. Travis the traitor, as he is known for jumping ship, in 1989 when norm stewart's teams were set for section for sanctions there's your mizzou sports snippet for the night keep it with one of these nights all semester long for deep dives into mizzou and football and basketball lore we've done covered a lot of tiger football history this year now as basketball season tips off we'll get to plenty of that we're going to take our first break of the evening on the other side I'll give you my bottom 10 worst college football teams so far in 2019, and then we'll finish off the program with a glimpse at the recent rivalries between the biggest games in week 11 in college football. This is one of these nights, and it's on eight 88.1 FM. Your host, Garrett Jones, will be right back after the break. If it gets a little uncomfortable, but how does it feel to be at the mercy of someone who thinks a random text is more important than your life? Someone who takes their eyes off the road while speeding along in a three ton hunk of steel. Freaky, right? Well, why not just ask them to stop? Or better yet, volunteer to text for them. It might be a little awkward, but believe me, you'll live. Learn more at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Make sure to start your week off right by listening to General Admission on KCOU 88.1 FM from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. every Monday morning. I think he's wrong, though. You're you're agreeing and disagreeing on the same topic. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm not disagreeing that it wasn't a smart move. I'm just not disagreeing with Anthony Davis's dad either. Once again, that's general admission from 8 to 9 a.m. on KCW 88.1 FM for the latest updates from the MLB, NFL, NBA, and the NCAA. KCOU presents Thunder Jackson at Rose Music Hall, November seventh, along with Sissy Paycheck. Doors open at seven. Show starts at eight. Is Thunder Jackson? KCOU is brought to you by MaxFix. Broken phone? You're in luck. Conveniently located in the MU Student Center behind the U.S. Bank, Max Fix provides a variety of technical services, including crack screen repair, battery replacement, and computer repair. To learn more about Max Fix, visit www.maxfixmizzou.com. For questions and quotes, call 573-219-7551. Let Max Fix take care of all your repair needs. Again, that number is 573-219-7551. life can be dramatic, but day-to-day relationships aren't always like you see on TV. You can help the young people in your life work through the drama by engaging them in conversations about healthy relationships. Use Connect With Me activity cards to start discussions on this subject and other topics that matter to teens. Visit health.mo.gov connect to access these free cards and resources. A message from the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services. Welcome back. This is one of these nights on KCOU 88.1 FM, streaming online in the hyperlink and available worldwide in the TuneIn Radio app, available anytime, anywhere you might be listening on Spotify and anywhere else you might enjoy your podcast players. Talking a little Missouri College basketball on the other side of the break. Missouri sports history here on a Sunday night and every night on KCOU 88.1 FM. Reminder, no show next week, no show the following two weeks after that. But here to bring you whatever I can tonight. Had a little bit of fun over the weekend taking a look at, well, as I should say, frankly, with the college football playoff rankings being unveiled for the first time in the 2019 season on Tuesday night, I wanted to take a look at a different side of the picture. I wanted to take a look at the bottom of the college football cesspool. Who were the teams out of 128 FBS Mm -hmm. programs who were performing the absolute worst? Whereas the college football playoff ranking committee will take a look at who's doing the best and set the precedent, at least for the first week of its playoff rankings of who they think should play in these games come December, or January. I wanted to take at the teams, a look at the teams that were the absolute furthest off from that spot. So I took a look at some nasty, at a nasty region of college football. The worst of the worst. The bottom 10 inspired by ESPN columnist Ryan McGee, who does a weekly take on his 10 worst teams. I looked at mine going into week 11 and I'll jump right into it in descending order. These are the teams that are the absolute farthest from the college football playoff rankings as the rankings kick off on Tuesday night. You can watch that on ESPN at 8 Central Time. Number 10, the Northwestern Wildcats. Checking in this week with a 1-7 record, 0-5 in the Big Ten. Coming off a three-game stretch in which they put together outputs on offense of just three points on Saturday, zero points the week prior against Iowa, and three points in a humbling matchup against Ohio State a couple Friday nights ago. They have really struggled to put points on the board. In fact, they haven't even reached more than 20 points since their only week of win of the season, week two, over Nevada-Las Vegas. They haven't even scored a touchdown Since October 11th at Nebraska, that was a game where they still only mustered 10 points of offense. They played four different quarterbacks. Interesting story. One of them is Clemson transfer Hunter Johnson, who was a five-star recruit out of high school. He eventually transferred when he lost the job to Trevor Lawrence and Kelly Bryant, both. It's pretty crazy to think that a couple falls ago, Trevor Lawrence... Kelly Bryant and Hunter Johnson were all playing in a game for Clemson. But he's actually returned to the team after a brief absence due to his mother's battle with breast cancer. He took some time to go home to Indiana to spend time with her and aid her in her recovery. Obviously an encouraging sign that he feels good enough about her current state to return back to school and practice and finish off the season with Pat Fitzgerald's Wildcats, just a year removed from playing in the Big Ten championship game. Nonetheless, Northwestern still struggling to put points on the board. Interestingly, back a couple weeks ago, they had the season-high scoring output against uh, Wisconsin, I should say, until Ohio State absolutely went off a week ago, putting up 38 points on the Badgers just a week before Illinois upset Wisconsin. They're in a whole back-to-back losses. a bye week came in a very good time for them. They take on Iowa this weekend. But Northwestern checking in at the number 10 spot in my bottom 10. Number nine, I'm sorry to any Razorback fans that might be listening. This one might sting a little bit, but yes, indeed, Arkansas checks in at number nine in my bottom 10. The Razorbacks just two of seven on the season. 0-5 in Southeastern Conference play. After yesterday's loss to Mississippi State, 56-24, I believe, was the final there. I actually thought that they might be able to win that game. Mississippi State came into the game at 3-5. and five. They got humbled by Texas A&M the week before. They've taken a significant step back in year 200, Jill Moorhead. I thought that Arkansas might be able to pull out some stops and win that game, but, man, they they weren't even close. My dad watched that game yesterday, and... In text conversation, he told me that they were just fundamentally awful. I agree with them. Offense, defense, and special teams, Chad Morris's bunch just doesn't seem to be ever on the same page. You have to wonder how much time he's got left as the head man for Arkansas. Certainly has a hefty buyout, but boy, look at where SMU is now. Even though they lost their first game of the season on Saturday night, they are still in much better shape than their Razorbacks are. Mustangs are still 8-1 and one and still in the top 25. But Arkansas has lost a home game to San Jose State this year. They played three different quarterbacks, including Texas A&M transfer Nick Starkel, SMU transfer Ben Hicks, and Jerry Jones is the Cowboys owner, in case you're not familiar. His grandson, John Stephen Jones, who's actually been the most efficient quarterback out of all of them, And they build their locker room after winning games as club dub. Basically, some kind of extraneous situation to where they celebrate wins with a locker room party of sorts. I guess it's relatively contained, but they haven't been able to use it since week two when they beat Colorado State. Awful situation there in Fayetteville. They'll have a chance to maybe get back in there this weekend. They take on Western Kentucky, and this has been a game that I've been looking forward to for a while. Not because it's going to be good football between the five and four Hilltoppers and the two and seven Razorbacks, but because Ty Story, a three-year starter for Arkansas, saw the most snaps at QB last year, transferred to Western Kentucky in the offseason, he is now the starting quarterback after a couple injuries for the Hilltoppers. He's got a chance to come back to Fayetteville the very next year after transferring away and beat his former Razorbacks. Be keeping an eye on this game to see if Arkansas can finally secure a win, but they are looking to snap a lengthy SEC losing streak. They have two quarterbacks, both Starkle and Hicks, who rank bottom 12 out of every single eligible passer in college football, in quarterback ranking. Awful start for the Razorbacks. They check in at number nine in my bottom 10 ranking. Number eight, a team I already mentioned, UNLV. Two and seven, 0 and five in the Mountain West, even though Northwestern got its only win over these same Rebels. I still rank them a little higher on the bottom 10. Only because they beat Vanderbilt 34 to 10, on the road in Southeastern Conference Country in Nashville, October 5th. That one's got a sting for Missouri because in turn I know what I'm saying that UNLV is inherently better than Missouri through the transitive property. UNLV beat Vanderbilt, who beat Missouri in Nashville just the week after this eyesore of a game. I don't believe in the transitive property in college football. I'm just pulling legs, but UNLV two and seven, oh and five in Mountain West conference play. Certainly a nightmare out there in Las Vegas. They're looking forward to basketball season. The Rebs with just two wins on the year. That ugly loss to Northwestern. Not a great season for them. Number seven, another Power 5 program. One that's made a coaching change this year. The Rutgers Scarlet Knights checking in at 2-7, 0-6 in the Big Ten. They are being outscored a whopping... 330 to 112 this season in nine games. That's unbelievable. They can't put points on the board and they can't keep anybody off the field. As I mentioned, they fired head coach Chris Ash a couple weeks ago. They actually interviewed former Tennessee and Cincinnati head coach Butch Jones for their head coaching vacancy last week. So I'll be curious to see if anything comes out of that. I wouldn't expect it immediately, I think that's something that they might wait on until the offseason to get a couple more candidates in the door because, frankly, their football in the past couple years has been a complete and total joke. They're really trying to get that program standing upright, and it's going to take a lot more than Butch Jones to turn it around. Jones currently serves as an offensive analyst, I believe is his title, at Alabama. A lot of people joke that he's a glorified intern for Nick Saban but potentially getting back to the coaching ranks with the Scarlet Knights. Quarterback McLean Quarter, a Texas Tech transfer, actually decided to retire back in October, and several players approached the interim head coach about redshirting for the rest of the season. That was met with some controversy, but they'll be taking a redshirt and ready to go for next season. Rutgers essentially punting on 2019, still winless in Big Ten play. They probably will be when it all comes to an end here this month they check in at number seven number six in my bottom 10 the old dominion monarchs just one and eight on the season oh and six in conference usa play i mentioned that rutgers was getting dominated and its scoring margin how about this old dominion in conference play being outscored by a hundred points 154 points allowed. 100, excuse me, f- just 54 points forced for the Monarchs. Not a great season by them by any stretch. They find themselves checking in at number six. Their only win this season came back in September against the lowly Norfolk State, a team and a school in their own backyard, just barely able to handle them. That's a team that'll certainly bring up a lot of bad memories for Missouri fans as basketball season starts. To go back to 2012, and do I need even need to say it? The number 15 seed Norfolk State team led by Kyle O'Quinn knocked off the number two ranked two seeded Missouri Tigers. They were unable to knock off Old Dominion on the gridiron this season. That's the only win for the Monarchs. They are certainly struggling in Conference USA play. So there's the first five in my bottom 10, in case you missed it. Northwestern, Arkansas, UNLV, Rutgers, Old Dominion, the first pairing. And then we get to the worst of the worst, the bottom five of the bottom 10. Checking in at number five to think this team almost beat Nebraska. South Alabama coming in at one and seven overall, oh, and five in the Sunbelt Belt. That was a ranked Nebraska team, which is kind of a joke that they were even that high overall. They nearly took down the Huskers in Lincoln. And to think that that almost happened with how their seasons worked out. They got a bye week this weekend. But they still took a 30-3 to demolition at the hands of ranked Appalachian State just a week ago. Their only win came over Jacksonville State in September. Cephas Johnson, their starting quarterback, has the fifth worst quarterback rating in the country at 100.1. Which sounds good, but when you put that in perspective, Jalen Hurts of Oklahoma leads the nation with a 222, 224.2, I should say, quarterback rating, according to ESPN, through 10 weeks. South Alabama comes in at number five in my bottom 10. Number four, the UMass Minute men. All I've got to say here is just to put their October in perspective. Their losses, four of them, count them, four, in October alone. 44 to nothing at the hands of FIU on the road. 69 to 21 at Louisiana Tech. 56 to 35 at home against UConn. And then last night, a 63 to 21 dousing at the hands of the Liberty Flames. They've given up 44 points, 69 points, 56, and 63 points all in the month of October. I'm going to do some quick math here, but I don't think that the number that's going to come out here is going to be very pretty. 232 points total in the season, total in the month of October. Think of a 58 points a game in the month of October against some marginal competition. UMass does have a win this season, but still, that is an awful month. That'll set you way back in your program. The Minutemen certainly have taken a step back after quarterback Andrew Ford left school. Elsewhere, number three. It's the school that's taken on two Big 12 teams this year, fell at the hands of them both. And they've fallen at the hands of everybody that they played this year. Rice, 0-8 on the season. The Owls have forced just 80 points in Conference USA play, getting outscored by a well-wide margin in CUSA competition. Interestingly, Baylor still undefeated. They are 9-0 and on the regular season. 8-0, I do believe. I apologize for that. They'll look to go 9-0 this weekend. They gave Baylor a great fight back in September. This was before they lost to number twelve at the time, Texas, twenty-one to thirteen. When the Bears came to Houston, Rice gave them a really tough battle. They're led by quarterback Wiley Green, and to put it simply, in Ryan McGee's column last year, last week I should say, in his bottom ten preview, he asked the question. When has Wiley ever beaten a roadrunner? Because they played UTSA, the roadrunners. I see what he did there, and I certainly appreciated. Wiley Green came up short against UTSA. They came up short this weekend as well in a loss to Utah. No, they have a game against Utah coming up. They still came up short this weekend. Rice checks in at number three in my bottom 10 at 0-8. Number two in my bottom 10, New Mexico State. The Aggies not having a great season. They are at the bottom of the Aggie power rankings in college football. 0-8 as independents. One of two winless teams this season. And don't want to get ahead of ourselves here on one of these nights. But that other team is coming at the top of my bottom 10 rankings. They're playing Liberty twice this season. I actually talked about this on an earlier program. They cap off an in-season home-and-home on Thanksgiving weekend. They played the game a couple weeks ago and lost to the Flames, so have actually caught fire, no pun intended. Steven Calvert, Hugh Freeze, and company starting to put things together as an FBS team. They also have a tilt with Ole Miss coming up, so that's probably not going to go very well. Quarterback Josh Adkins in that bottom grouping that I mentioned where Nick Starkle and Ben Hicks find themselves at in quarterback rating. He also leads the nation with 14 interceptions. They come in at number two in my bottom 10 rankings. So going back and reviewing them real quickly before we move on. Number 10 was Northwestern. Number nine was Arkansas. Number eight, UNLV. Number seven, Rutgers. Number six, Old Dominion. Number five, South Alabama. Number four, UMass. Number three, Rice. Number two, New Mexico State. And the number one team in my bottom 10 here in week 11, is none other than the 0-9 Akron Zips. Funny enough, these two of these teams met in a non-conference bout a year ago, and it didn't go well for the team you would expect to win. Northwestern went to the Big Ten Championship game last year, but they lost to these same Akron Zips in Evanston just a year ago. Now the Zips have taken a huge step back. They lost a lot of talent, even though they only went 4-8 last year. They lost 35-6 to to Bowling Green this week, and I thought they might have a chance to win that game, but not pretty at all. They also lost 42-3 to on opening day against Illinois. That loss is looking a little better as the Fighting Illini picked up their fifth win over the weekend. They've used five different quarterbacks, all who have combined to go nine touchdowns to 11 interceptions in their ratio this year. Cato Nelson has been decent. He's got eight touchdowns to five interceptions, but he's been suspended for the last two games. So it hasn't been pretty at all. So do a little quick math there. That's only three touchdowns and six interceptions for the four other quarterbacks. Akron has almost nothing going for them this year. They don't really look like they have a win coming out of the regular season in MAC play. Not pretty at all there. Maction getting started this week. You're going to see games on Monday night. You have games tonight on Sunday night football with the NFL. You've got Monday night football between the Cowboys and the New York Giants tonight. Tomorrow night, I should say, the Patriots and the Ravens playing right now. But then college football gets things going on Tuesday night with Tuesday night maxion. Then on Wednesday night, we have Wednesday night Sun Belt. Thursday, Thursday night, you got NFL's Thursday night football. Friday night, you've got more college football. You got Washington, Oregon State. UCF and Tulsa and then Saturday and Sunday college and NFL football respectively. But those action games do not feature Akron Kent state and Toledo play on Tuesday night ball state and Western Michigan as well. Miami, Ohio and Ohio playing on Wednesday night. Thank goodness. The Akron zips will not be featured in those prime time spots because Akron having one of the worst seasons, the worst season, and my bottom 10 list. Wrapping up my bottom 10 here in week 11. So we've talked a little Mizzou sports history about Travis the Trader. We've talked about my bottom 10. We'll talk a little more college football with some college football snippets and a look at the histories behind this weekend's biggest matchup in week 11. This is one of these nights. It's on one fm My name is Garrett Jones, and we will be right back. After the break, don't go anywhere. And so then he said, all right, well, if I can't wear my helmet, I'm not playing. Chance Sticklin. I think the Bama every single year is the best college football team. And Cole say, If Trubisky can get it done, the Bears will win a Super Bowl. He's the key. Tune in every Thursday morning from 11 to noon only on KCOU 88.1 FM, KCU.FM, or on the TuneIn app. You don't want to miss it. KCOU presents Twain with Ray Fitzgerald and Lake Mary. Friday, November 1st. Doors open at 8, show starts at 9. Okay. Hey, this is KCOU, 80.1 <laughs> <KCOU. laughs> <KCOU. laughs> <laughs> <KCOU. laughs> FM. Um, Are you oh, trying oh, to release the, the hottest, hottest project of... Project. This year, possibly next, come down to our studio in the Student Center, and we can mix, master, record, edit, engineer your whole project, your whole artistic experience wrapped into one visit. Please come down and visit us. If any of this interests you, please email sessions at kcou.fm. Want my teenage son to be thinking how to deal with life's stresses and natural changes. I want to know how to talk to him about things he'll experience as he builds relationships. I want him to know I'm there for him. I just don't know how. Here is a resource that can get you started. Connect with Me activity cards have been developed to help begin the discussions. Visit health.mo.gov/connect to access these free cards and other resources. A message from the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services. Join me Garrett Jones for one of these nights a solo podcast style sports talk show covering the weirdest and wackiest of sports history. I take a deep dive into the old and noteworthy of Mizzou and all four major professional sports. Stick around for the second hour to unwind with the best of classic rock from the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. I'm on Sunday nights recording live from 8 to 10 p.m. on KCU 88.1 FM and KCU.FM in the blue box. It's also on Spotify and Apple Music if you ever miss a show. It's one of these nights, the perfect way to end your weekend. Looking for your weekly fix of Mizzou sports content? Look no further than the longest-running Mizzou sports talk show on KCOU, Salute Your Sports. Join me, Chris Mitchell, alongside James Stanley and Zach Berman as we break down everything you need to know about Mizzou sports every Thursday at 4 p.m. Central. And if you can't tune in for the live show, you can listen to the show in podcast form every Friday on Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. station design with a student voice in mind, KCLU-FM. Welcome back. KCUU 88.1 FM, KCU.FM, streaming through the hyperlink and in the TuneIn app. My name is Garrett Jones. Talking sports history here on one of these nights as we do every night. Recording at 8 o'clock. Not every night, I should say every Sunday night. And available anytime through the one of these nights podcast. Spotify, wherever you might enjoy your podcast. Big week for us at KCOU. We've got women's basketball on, on Tuesday night. They tip off their regular season. And folks, in case you haven't had the chance to see Asia Blackwell and Haley Frank, are something special for Robin Pynchon's squad. Tune in and hear how that freshman duo does in their debut as the Tigers take on Western Illinois on Tuesday night. Tip off is at 7 o'clock. You can hear that on our website on kcu.fm. Then Tiger Men's Basketball tips off its 2019 season. Our head coach Conzo Martin entering his third season at the helm for the Tigers. Hard to believe they take on Incarnate Word. also starts at 7 o'clock. You can hear it on KCOU.FM through our stream on 88.1 FM and online as well through the TuneIn Radio app. Friday night, the men right back in action against Northern Kentucky. You can hear that game on KCU 88.1 FM, online, in the stream, and through the TuneIn Radio app. Finally, Sports Saturday, all day long, back with a complete slate, thanks to Tiger football coming back off the bye week. They take on Georgia. Kickoff is at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. That's 6 o'clock Central, so be sure to stick with Tiger Sports Saturday, presented by Rancho, All day long, we'll get you nice and set for Missouri And number six, Georgia, depending on where they're at in the college football playoff ranking. Should be interesting to see there. Excited to be on the broadcast for that game. James Stanley and I continuing to prep to bring you the best possible call for that game on Saturday evening in Athens. Wrapping up the show here tonight, we've talked a little Mizzou sports history. We've talked about the 10 worst teams in college football. And now we're going to talk a little bit about the current Weekend of games. Week 11, hard to believe, of the college football slate. Three big games I'm going to key in on here. But first, I want to talk a little bit about a new segment that I want to bring on the show. I haven't really decided on a name. I was thinking either you had to see it or you had to be there. thinking probably you had to see it works best one of the games that flew under the radar this weekend with florida georgia hogging the spotlight smu memphis also grabbed a lot of attention dartmouth and harvard a battle in the ivy league two fcs schools with years worth of rivalry and pageantry they had a great game on saturday it came down to the wire Dartmouth number 14 ranked FCS team came down to the wire against Harvard. They had yet to put a touchdown on the board. Six to three, the Crimson lead at this point. Dartmouth had the ball on third and 10 with six seconds left. Deep inside their own territory. Right on the edge of the Harvard 49-yard line. Add a chance to win it here. And we'll give you the call on ESPN3. This should be the final play of the ball game. Kyler gets free throws end zone tip. Drill caught Dartmouth touchdown and the big green win it a miracle Dartmouth stays undefeated. You heard the call there in ESP three. The thing that a lot of people were upset about was that the camera work actually missed the brunt of that play a harvard safety was able to get his hands on it tipped the ball up in the air but then it tipped right into the hand of a dartmouth receiver a couple of crimson players had the chance to get their hands on it you had to see it dartmouth beats harvard on a wild hail mary nine to six they are the victors of that rivalry game this year elsewhere taking a comprehensive look at the rivalry games this weekend Interesting one. A lot of people have had this circled in their calendars for a couple weeks now. Never thought that college game day might make the trip up to Minneapolis. Number five Penn State going on the road to take on number 13 Minnesota. A battle of two unbeatens. Both check in at 8-0. It's their first matchup since 2016. Penn State won in State College pretty handily. Minnesota actually won 4-5 in this series from 1999 to 2004. A bit of a down point for Joe Paterno's. Nittany Lions, but the last UM win will be six years to the date on Saturday. So maybe some good mojo for the Golden Gophers looking to get a big win in that series. Nittany Lions taking on the Golden Gophers again. That game kicks at 11 a.m. on ABC. Elsewhere, this one's turned pretty interesting in the past couple hours with Navy jumping into the AP poll. Number 15, Notre Dame, coming off a miracle win over Virginia Tech. Ian Book leading a fantastic clinical. Game-winning drive, 18 plays, 87 yards, and the Irish take the lead at the end of the game thanks to a rushing touchdown and a strong defensive stand. 21-20, to 20, they beat Virginia Tech. They take on Navy on Saturday. And the interesting thing about this rivalry series is that Notre Dame dominated the first 43 years of it. But on this date in 2007, 12 years ago today to the date, Navy ended the streak with a three-overtime 44-46 to 46 win. This series was one of the most dominant in college football at the time coming in. This ended the longest streak for the most consecutive wins by one team over another, especially in a non-regular rivalry series. Then the onus shifted to Kentucky and their series against Florida, which actually was snapped in 2018 at 31 games. But this one certainly was a classic Notre Dame held a 21 to 14 halftime lead Navy scored a touchdown but they missed the potential game tying extra point in the third quarter eventually this game found itself in overtime after Notre Dame faced a 4th and 8 on the Navy 24 instead of attempting a 50 41 I should say yard field goal that could win the game Charlie Weiss, then the head coach of Notre Dame at the time opted to go for the first time but but the for the first down I should say but the gamble backfired and Navy sacked quarterback Evan sharply and Ryan Vela recovered and he blocked a block to assist in the sack. Notre Dame won the coin toss, selected to go on defense in overtime. Navy scored a touchdown, and their extra point was good. The Irish followed suit. Then, in the next overtime, each team scored a field goal, meaning that we had three. In the third overtime, every team has to go for two. Eventually, Navy went to the air in his triple option attack. Reggie Campbell caught a 25-yard pass for a touchdown. And then again, Navy goes to the air. They get a successful two. Notre Dame scores a touchdown, but their first attempt at a conversion results in an incomplete pass. Many thought it was over. Navy called for pass interference. They got a good chance at the second try for conversion, this time from the 1.5-yard line, but they went for a running play. Navy stuffs them at the line of scrimmage for a classic 46-44 win. That 12 years ago on the date. Those two meet again this weekend. Number 25 midshipman taking on the number 12 fighting Irish in South Bend. Should be a really interesting contest, that one. Elsewhere, the game of the year in college football this weekend in Tuscaloosa. College game day making the trip to Alabama. Again, over Minnesota. The game of the century, as some are calling it. Let's not make that mistake again and rekindle vibes from the 2011 showdown between these two teams. That was billed as the game of the century. Eventually, it was a defensive slugfest between the Crimson Tide and LSU, probably the two best iterations of those teams in the modern era. 9-6, to LSU had a huge win. They were going to have an undefeated regular season, win the SEC championship. Alabama won out as well. That set up an opportunity, even though they didn't play in their SEC championship game after Oklahoma State lost in its penultimate Big Twelve contest that year. The Cowboys went eleven and one. They won over Oklahoma, in the de facto Big Twelve Championship game. But rife in controversy, Alabama was selected in the BCS poll and one of the closest margin in the series history to play LSU once again in the rematch. And the Crimson Tide dominated 21 to nothing. They won that game in New Orleans for the national championship, the second in the Nick Saban era. And since then, since that 9-6 to six win, it has been all Alabama in this series, folks. They have not lost a single game to LSU, culminating with a 29 to nothing win last season. Complete dominance in this series as of late. But Joe Burrow and the way that he can run the LSU offense led by Joe Brady, the passing game coordinator, certainly changes this game. And once again, for the first time since that BCS National Championship game this weekend, we have a one LSU versus two Alabama matchup. I'm taking the Crimson Tide. I think that they're going to win this weekend, not because I'm not a fan of Joe Burrow, not because I don't think that LSU has the capability to win, but in the recent years, especially in the modern era, I've learned to stick with Alabama until proven otherwise. It blew up in my face last year when I said that all the way through the national championship game, but I'm going to roll with Nick Saban's tied undefeated looking for a marquee signature win. I think they're going to be locked in this week and I think they're going to take care of business at home against LSU. Penn state versus Minnesota. Also an interesting matchup. Notre Dame Navy. We talked about the recent rivalry between those two and then Missouri versus Georgia. We're going a long way to broadcast that game. Our crews are going to be in here all day long for sports Saturday to set you up. So tune in and then stick with us until kickoff at six central time. We will bring you the ins and outs of that matchup, get you ready to go with tiger pregame live presented by El rancho, Josh neighbors, Jimmy Frouse, and a couple others will be in here for that broadcast. But until then, It'll be interesting to see the way that the week in college football shapes up. Tonight, on one of these nights, we discussed Travis the Trader in a Mizzou Sports snippet. We talked about my bottom 10 teams, Akron, in case you missed it. The taking home a title that you don't really want and the bottom 10 champion through week 11. Then we talked about the recent rivalries between big games in week 11 that about do it for this show this evening hope you enjoyed hope you're able to unwind and relaxed whatever you've got going on this week i wish you the best of luck in your endeavors i thank you for tuning in and supporting student radio i will see you back in a couple of weeks this is one of these nights hopefully some college football craziness to talk about between now and then until i see you then thank you so much for tuning in god bless